Welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast presented by Royals Review. If you want to keep up to date on all things Kansas City Royals, you can go check out RoyalsReview.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and on TikTok at Royal Rundown Pod for breaking news, reactions, and much, much more. So, Jeremy, before I, before I bring you in here, which I am bringing you in here right now, so this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I have, I have some housekeeping stuff to, uh, to take care of, okay? Okay. So, n- number one, Jeremy, n- number one, you are the co-host of, according to Chartable, we are the we rank 136th in America on baseball podcasts. So woohoo! That, that seems pretty good. I'll take yeah. it. I'll, I, I, I mean, unless it. you're about to tell me that there are 136 baseball podcasts, in which oh, case there, there are 100, there are 136 Royals baseball podcasts actually. So we oh. we got some work to do. Well, all right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I got that little update for the first time today. Um, secondly, we are way behind on Spotify Q&A responses. Well, well like, whose fault way, is that? Way, way, way behind. Who, who does those? those? I, I'm i supposed to do those. Yeah. Yeah, Jacob. I don't do yeah, those. Yeah, I know. That's my bad. I'm not nearly That's my useful bad. enough for that. Hey, just, to, just in case you didn't know... We post Q&As and polls on Spotify, which you can respond to. And if you respond to the Q&As, then we will read them on usually the following episode. But we've had some scheduling stuff and some some pre-planned episodes just haven't uh, gotten a little behind. So sorry, folks. Um, I'm going back a few episodes here. So on our Will Klein interview, I asked the off season is a great time for interviews. It, it really is. If you haven't been able to tell. And I asked, who would you like to hear from next? Now, Jeremy, I think you're going to love some of these responses. Oh, boy. Um, there's a guy named Hakaius who said Chris Bubich. Oh, yeah. Um, that would be a great interview. Yeah, it would. Yeah, Definitely would. should get him on. <laughs> well, there's a, there another person who seconded what you said. Uh, a David Kim said Brady Singer, Chris Bubich, or Daniel Lynch. So I, I mean, guess that, uh, that one legitimately, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Um, and then Royal Rupert, longtime responder, said Tyler Tolbert, um, calling him the 2024 Kansas City Royals starting center fielder. So that is definitely a very ambitious. Um, what's, what's the word? Ambitious role for Tyler Tolbert, who's not yeah, even on the 40 man roster right now. That is that is a dream and a half, my friend. It is, but I like it. Um, and then finally, Zach said, would be cool to continue with minor leagues from every level, getting their experiences and stories about the minors. We hear all the time about the majors, but not so much with minor league baseball. Love the podcast. Well, thank you very much, Zach. Oh, do, thanks. Do, do appreciate that. And yeah, that's uh, that is one reason why I try to get the broadcasters and these minor league players on just so we could hear their stories um, on. Well, speaking of interviews <laughs> on our interview with Steven Zoback. Um, I asked, is the Christmas tree up yet? If not, when is the appropriate time to start the Christmas festivities? Now, Jeremy, I want to get your take before I read these. What's uh, what's your deadline? Okay, so I don't put up a Christmas tree. Okay. I am uh, morally opposed to seasonal decorations. Okay. 
I'm lazy. I don't want to decorate for just part of the time. That's that. That's what that is. Um, gotcha. The good news is, never fear. I do visit my parents for the holidays, and my mom has two Christmas trees up in her room. Plus, wow. there's another in the living room, and I'm sure that my siblings each have a Christmas tree up in their room. <laughs> so, I am I am around plenty of Christmas trees, and my mom leaves at least one of those Christmas trees up that's in her room year-round. So. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, uh, I, I will say, Honey is joining the podcast on a, on a late-breaking update. Honey, when does the Christmas tree grow up? Um, I think I vary from year to year, but I just, I, I want to say having a Christmas tree in your room is one of the coziest, sweetest, loveliest things in the world. So don't, <laughs> don't knock it till you try it. Um, I don't think you're actually morally opposed. I think you're just lazy. No, yeah, so, I mean, I, I already admitted that. that. Uh, honestly, I'm a little bit like, ah, I really shouldn't have said that because I know somebody is just going to hear like the morally opposed part and just stop right there and be like, Hakaius hates Christmas. Jeremy hates Christmas. He's he's anti-religion. He wants to kill us all. And that's I, I, I celebrate Christmas. I just can't be bothered to decorate y'all. Yeah. Holiday tree is like an art project. It has a theme every year, uh, and it's beautifully curated. Uh, I'll just put that scaling that, that, that to another artist because yep. interesting things from time to time. But I think deadline December first. Okay, all right, that's the deadline apparently. All right, hey, let's get back to the responses because yeah. there were uh, it wasn't quite as Christmas e in the responses. Unfortunately, Luke said day after Thanksgiving. Is when it's going up. And then Ginger Black said Friday. the Christmas tree stays in the box downstairs until the Thanksgiving leftovers are long gone. So it's uh, it's not going up anytime soon for our listeners, apparently. So so the thing about Thanksgiving leftovers and my family, when that would <laughs> never work, is yeah. my mom. She cooks Thanksgiving dinner as if there were 60 people coming. And there's mm -hmm. five of us and six. My aunt comes to there's six of us, not 60. So those leftovers take a Stay while. Out. Yeah. They uh, listen. You start getting creative with some of those Thanksgiving leftovers. Oh, yeah. My mom's one of our favorite things to do is make turkey tetrazzini out mm -hmm. of the leftover turkey. So that's a pasta cream pasta dish with turkey in it. Yeah. I don't like it because it's got mushrooms and I hate mushrooms. Mushrooms are the devil and you will never convince me otherwise. <laughs> I, I I would try, but uh, I, I ain't going to pressure you, man. Hey, and lastly, um, I asked on our Sean Mernon interview, which is our most recent episode. Please go check that one out. If you have not listened yet, I asked is daylight savings time kicking anyone else's butt because Man, I I was feeling it. I was feeling it after that shift, and the the Chiefs were playing the very next morning in Germany, so it just compounded that uh that time shift. And truthfully, I we got some really good responses on this one, Jeremy. Oh, I, I like these. So Caleb Billings says, "I don't know what you mean. I enjoy getting up in darkness and watching the sunset as I eat lunch." <laughs> 
Um, let's see. Luke said, yes, it's the worst thing ever. I've been getting off of work at 530 and the day is over. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. These these winter months are tough. They I, they don't do any favors. I I know this this is kind of a cliche, but I've literally been looking at the clock going, it's just got to be about time for bed, right? It's like it's 630. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I've tough. I've gone to bed early every night since daylight savings, and I'm just completely exhausted. And then, sorry, let me get to the last response. Rupert yeah, yeah, said, yes, I'm feeling run down. After listening to Sean, I feel much better. Thanks for the awesome episode. That was a blast. Thank you so much, Rupert. Do appreciate that. And yeah, Sean, Sean was great to great to have on. It's been a, it's been awesome talking to all the broadcasters so far. If you've missed it, we've talked to John Coxis. We've talked to Kyle Kirchival. And we've talked to Sean Mernon, and uh, we'll we'll get Nicholas Batters on here eventually. We've talked to him before, so I ain't, uh, I ain't sweating that. But hey, uh, now, now here's the real question. Oh boy, when are we gonna get Denny on? Listen, that is the dream, man. <laughs> that is the dream. I am so I am so he looking says forward to that. As if he has no responsibility for ever getting any interviews to happen on this podcast. <laughs> I try, man. I try. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm jabbing myself because no. you're doing, you're doing a ton of great work, getting us all these great interviews, and I'm just over here like, yeah, I might show up, ask a couple <laughs> weird questions. No, man. Listen, I'm, I'm. We balance each other out pretty well. I'm going to go all baseball all the time, and then you actually talk about the the person. So that's that's really <laughs> nice, man. Hey, let's uh, speaking of baseball though. Let's go ahead and talk baseball. about some of that stuff. I know, right? The mm-hmm. the the stick ball. Um, listen, the there's a few Bobby Witt Jr. related things that that we got to talk about. First Dang. off, I I do want to. It's it's kind of sad that he's the only representative for the Royals on the All MLB team, but he is. Yeah. So it's I would. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not surprising, but it's just like it's like looking back on those seasons like, man, I was really taking taking it for granted when we had multiple gold glove nominees every year or like multiple silver slugger nominees and stuff like that. We have two and multiple year. winners several years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But so, hey, I'm looking at this MLB ballot and listen, Bobby's on the ballot. Go go vote for him. You can vote for him. At MLB.com. Yep. Bobby Ballot. Bobby Baseball Ballot. You can vote at MLB.com forward slash all MLB forward slash ballot. I'm looking at shortstop, man. I'm sorry, but Corey Seager's like got to have this in the in the bag. I mean, (laughs) yeah, a thousand OPS over the whole season with nearly 100 RBIs and a World Series championship like he's a World Series MVP. Yeah, exactly. It is he. He's got to have that in the back. Yeah, it was like it's the same thing as when Bobby was up for Silver Slugger. He was one of those Silver Slugger yeah. finalists, and it's like, yeah, great, cool. He ain't winning. <laughs> um, so that is definitely one to plug that. But so Jeremy, it took the Royals fandom by storm when we we don't see the Royals talked about by Ken Rosenthal very often. That's kind of like an echelon that the Royals don't get to, yeah. Very, uh, very regularly. Mm-hmm. So it it was nice to see that. What were you saying, Jeremy? I'm I'm 
I'm just nodding along. Yeah. That's yeah, just nodding along. Everything now. you've said is true. <laughs> so it was, I, I despised how this was worded, but long story short, the Royals are entertaining the idea of a long-term deal with Possibly. Bobby Wood Jr. That, Maybe. that could cost more than $200 million. Yeah, that's a lot of... Uh, yeah, that's what a are lot some other issues. synonyms that he could throw in there? Um, and I, and it's not his phrasing that bothers me. It's the fact that like he is trying desperately to drum up some positive press for the Royals and all he can come up with is possibly maybe thinking about making an offer. Contemplating this move. Well, and and once they make an offer, will they negotiate? If he says no to the first (laughs) offer, Uh, it's, it's just, Oh gosh, come on. Like this is, this is what would qualifies for, for big news when it comes to the Royals. Yeah, and listen, it's it's the off season. We're in this weird lull before like a lot of the roster decision stuff starts happening. Um, there was a very interesting story by the Athletic today as well as why free agency might not be as explosive this year either. Um, the so that was that, huh? Yeah, the the Athletic had that. I one. wrote the same thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I need to go find their article and see if they ripped me off. I, I think they did. <laughs> no, but li- listen, back to this, back to this Bobby report. So yeah, yeah. first off, that, that was Ken Rosenthal with it. Ken's, you know, very credible guy. Not everything he says, you know, comes true. But if he says it, I'm usually going to take like, okay, that is what's going on behind the scenes. Um, And yeah, it's, it is hard to see where the Royals would not make an offer at least. Um, he did become the club's first 30-30 player and a 30-49 player at that. I, and go ahead. I just look around the league. I see Michael A. Taylor the second. I see mm. Ronald Acuna Jr. I see Luis Robert. Is it Luis Robert Jr. or just Luis Robert? I don't remember. I, I think it's Lu- Luis Robert, isn't it? Oh, Robert? Is that how you say it? Okay. I think. Don't no. don't take advice from me on pronouncing I, yeah, names. I was calling it the Colbert Colbert show for I don't know how many years. <laughs> um and and the guy, Corbin Carroll, um, all yeah. these guys, uh Julio Rodriguez that are just, you know, budding superstars, and their teams lock them up quick. Yeah. We Luis with the White Sox was whatever his last name is. He, I mean, they didn't they sign it was no, it was Eloy Jimenez. They signed mm-hmm. to an extension before they even promoted him. Corbin Carroll signed yeah. to an extension before he hit 100 days in the big leagues. Julio yep. uh, hit got his extension before his first year was done. I mean, and here are the Royals two years in. Well, we still got time. Okay, well. Nobody else thinks they've still got time. So yeah. why do you? Exactly. And it's not like these teams are only extending out these superstar potential players. If they're like contending, like I'm sorry, when, when the Diamondbacks extended Corbin Carroll for eight years, $111 million before he had a hundred days in the MLB level under his belt, mind you, they're, they're like, okay, this is the guy we're going to build around. We're not like, they're not treating it like a, like a free agency addition. They're saying, okay, we're going to lock up this guy and they're, they're not playing games. 
because they know a paid player is a well, happy I, player. I mean, ha- they were playing games. They were playing games much later than the Royals were playing games. Dude. Ah. <laughs> Bam. Got him. Got him. <laughs> um, just to I know this this is a two way this is a two way talk. The Royals can offer up anything, but the question is, does Bobby actually want to be with this franchise and in the area for a long time? I will say Bobby had a very good interview with 810 Sports there in Kansas City. I I I understand. I understand, Jeremy. He said all the right things. Maybe that's yeah, what I should be saying. He said the things he has to say. Yeah. You know, and here's here's the quote. It's I mean, Johnny Damon was saying he wanted to stay in Kansas City right up until they traded him because they knew they weren't going to be able to keep him. Exactly. And yeah, he's this quote reads very well. It's like, okay, great. They want to he he wants to stay here. But it's it's just one of those things. It's it's the business side that comes yep. down to this. And I mean, this is I'm sure he would love to stay in Kansas City if they'll pay him what he could get paid yeah. somewhere else. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, could you we, we've seen the money that guys like Trey Turner and Dansby Swanson got mm-hmm. um, last offseason. Those are just some of the shortstops. Like it was a shortstop boom last year, I think. It was almost a billion dollars committed just to shortstops last offseason. And Would, like, could you okay. imagine Bobby Witt hitting the open market? Yeah. Crazy. Well, and that's that's actually something I uh, am kind of quasi trying to plan on writing this weekend. Okay. Uh, but I, I just sit and think, yeah, that's how much they got. But Corbin Carroll, eight years, $111 million, right? Yeah. Would you do that deal for Bobby Witt Jr. today? I would have done it for him last year. Yeah. Yeah. You would do that instantly, right? Yeah. And and the Diamondbacks managed to make that happen. So and the yep. Diamondbacks didn't look like they were a good team when they did it. <laughs> so it's it can't happen. If the Royals are willing yeah. and, and Julio Rodriguez, they made that very creative offer with him to keep him around for more than a decade, I believe. Uh so if the Royals are willing to 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 get out there and make a real offer, then I, then Bobby Witt can stay. Like I don't want anyone out there being like, "Well, Bobby Witt Jr. is obviously going to leave." He's not obviously going to leave. These guys all signed extensions. They're all superstars, <laughs> and they didn't all come up with teams that looked like they were going to be super amazing. So it's just right. like, I. Don't so, so don't give up hope yet. The Royals could still make a good offer to him, but also don't just be like, well, of course Bobby Witt didn't sign. He was never going to sign. Don't think that either. He he will if the if the money's right. Well, so l- listen, Jeremy, we both I'll I'll plug our stuff. We both came out with really good articles this this weekend. One, yours titled, So Your Team Says They Have No Money. <laughs> and then I also had one come out this morning for Kings of Kaufman titled, The Kansas City Royals' Biggest Need is One That Cannot Be Signed, Extended, or Traded For. And the thing is, they just need to give the fan base a little bit of freaking hope. Yep. That's that's what it is. We need a reason to believe in the team in 2024 and a reason to believe that they're going to try to do things differently and do things better. And, you know, I want I want to be the eternal optimist. I want to say, you know what? The Royals are going to go out there and at least be in on some free agents. 
I want them to at least offer some money to guys like Jordan Montgomery and Seth Lugo, not the top guys, but like good quality players that address the issues of this team. Yeah. And I think that was that was another thing that I said last week. I don't have a problem. And I think we'll talk about this later on, maybe next week. I don't have a problem with Zach Granke coming back for like market, you know, value something in there. Oh, okay. So but I have value is my question. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Million? That I hope not. That's <laughs> that's too much. Is it five million? Okay, maybe. But here's here's the flip side of that. I have a problem with them bringing bringing Zach Grinky back and saying that's the solution to the rotation. Oh, okay, yeah, we, that would be. I mean, that's demonstrably false, right? Right. Even exactly. when he was healthy in 2023, he was not the solution in the rotation. Even when he was no. pitching well and healthy, he was not the solution in the rotation. He couldn't go deep into games. Right. He, exactly. he gave so four that... or five innings, which, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you need four or five innings. And boy, wouldn't mind having, you know, a franchise legend hanging around giving them to you. But yeah. you need someone who can you need to be able to have upside there, too. And. And Zach Greinke offers you a floor. He does not mm-hmm. offer you a ceiling. Yep. Bingo. Royals Royals fans right now need need a ceiling because we've yeah. seen how low the floor can a ceiling get. razor. Yeah. There you go. Ceiling razor. And honestly, the extending of Bobby Witt Jr. will raise the ceiling not just for 2024, but it will extend it for the length of that contract, hopefully. So that is why an extension does need to happen sooner rather than later. And also, I mean, like, come on, come on. His value is only going up. Yep. Okay. Imagine they if they looked signed re- him last year. If exactly. they signed him for the big extension last year. Like, yeah. even if he was, even if he said, well, I'm not going to just take the money for the product I've given you because I'm going to get better. They would have had to meet somewhere in between his production in 2022 and what he ended up giving them in 2023. He is more expensive now than he was in 2022, which is another reason why the whole, well, they've got time to figure this out thing doesn't ring true because every year that he puts up 30, 30 numbers or better, that price tag goes up. Exactly. So there's a reason why the diamondbacks said, let's get Corbin Carroll under contract. Now, Eight years, 111 million. Would he sign eight years, 111 million after the season? No, no. he'd want more. Exactly. Because he casually put up a, a six F war season from left field and yeah. right field. Not, not premier defensive spots either. Like he was doing it with his bat and with his speed. Yeah. So listen, it is. I'm very much hoping that in the coming weeks we will be talking about a Bobby Wood Jr. extension and how the money breaks down and things like that. But right now, the only signing that we have to talk about is Taylor Clark avoiding arbitration. That's the, that is the, the saving grace for the Kansas City Royals. So, so let me let me go and give the, the black and white. Give me, give, give me one second, Jeremy. I know, I know you have a lot. I, of I didn't. I wasn't talking for like fifteen seconds. I had withdrawal. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, according to Andy Rogers, the deal that Taylor Clark signed with the Royals is worth one point two five million, which is close to a million less than his arbitration tag. So that's a that's a 
welcoming sign. He was slated to make about two point two million. So the Royals got that's a, a, that's, a mean, that's an estimate, right? Not a right, right. Yeah, that's a that, that's an estimate. But usually the the estimates are usually the yeah. estimates are close. There's a reason why they're estimates. Um, and we all I mean, having something a deal that's half the estimate basically is pretty big deal. Yeah, it is. It it stinks of like, hey, either get a deal at this number or we're moving on. Yeah. And I don't think that he would have made two point two million out in He'd the out minor league market. offer from somebody. Exactly. So at least here he stays in the with a major league club. I think fans do forget how good Taylor Clark was to open open the season. Um in twenty seven games through early June, he had a two point seven ERA. And he was he was just getting guys to swing and miss and he was getting some soft contact, but then he had some, uh, I forget what the injury was. It was some sort of inflammation. Yeah. And sorry, excuse me. It was the right elbow inflammation in the summer. And mm. like things just started taking a nosedive. So I, I get it. You bring him back. You see what you got again. And I, I don't know, Jeremy, how, how are you feeling about this move? Okay. So let me ask you. Taylor Clark pitches for a different team last year and the Royals say we're bringing him in for 1.25 we think maybe we can help him figure it out you feel pretty good about that deal yeah are I you do. thinking are you th- obviously you're not going yeah great deal that's a uh, they don't need to do anything else free she's done we're solved <laughs> bullpen's fixed you're like all right cool a one million one and a quarter million prove it deal all right cool right. that's fine uh for a reliever which is a volatile position um but what the Mm -hmm. the royals basically went out and got you know they got a they got a guy that maybe they could fix he just happened to have already pitched for them last year um and they got a guy that they they kind of know where he's at um there's no surprises there any at 1.25 he's not closing games he's not setting them up unless he pitches his way into those roles um exactly And the thing you have to realize is that for a major league pitching staff, you need depth. Mm -hmm. Everybody in that bullpen is going to have to pitch. So you're going to have to have eight guys, probably more like 15 guys that are going to rotate some because of injuries uh, in your bullpen. And so having a guy that you, you know who he is, what he's about is, is just, I mean, that's, that's a good thing, having a little bit of familiarity. You want to bring in some new blood, too, and I really think they will. Um, oh, I would yeah. be very surprised if they did not bring in at least a handful of relievers to kind of do some competition in spring training because the bullpen wasn't good last year. No, But um, I, I I get, like, if you're like, oh, this is so frustrating, and if it's the biggest move the Royals make this offseason, <laughs> then, yeah, okay, we have – uh, we have a problem here, but if it's just like, yeah, this is just kind of one of those things that you do when you're trying to create depth for your big league baseball team, then I think it's a perfectly reasonable deal. Exactly. Exactly. And I will say this, we, on these cheap deals, I look forward to the Royals identifying guys who have traits that they can work with and uh-huh. elite traits at that. So for example, even with how Clark struggled down the stretch in the season. He's still ranked in the 98th percentile in chase percentage as go. a pitcher. Like that, that is like that's not just a work with. Yeah, 
Exactly. And his fastball velo is still is still above average. Just he he had he had a rough stretch. And honestly, that rough stretch lasted about 29 innings. Okay, like if if we're talking about a starter having a rough stretch, that's not that long. Yeah, it's a couple um, games, but, two, three, four games, five games, yeah, maybe, exactly. I guess. So all in all, I'm not like over the moon that they re-signed or excuse me, that they got a deal done with Taylor Clark. However, I am glad that they got it done on a discount and they still retain an experienced arm with good traits that you want to see in your bullpen. Jeremy, yeah. any more thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I just this is. I haven't seen this on the internet, but I feel like somebody's going to say this. This is not the same thing as keeping Hunter Dozier or tendering Ryan O'Hearn mm-hmm. after last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause like I said, you really need depth. And with Ryan O'Hearn and Hunter Dozier, you're like, well, where do they even play? And, and you didn't have a good answer for that. And the answer ended up being not for Kansas city uh, pretty quickly uh, as, yeah. as Ryan ended up getting cut and Hunter got cut. Uh, or Ryan got cut before the season and Hunter got cut shortly into the season. Um, but there's there's plenty of room for Taylor Clark to pitch in this bullpen and to not block anybody. Like, this does not stop a Will Klein, for example, from being promoted. It's exactly you gotta have so much depth in your bullpen. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a great segue, Jeremy. So we do have a couple of very, very important roster building dates coming up. This week, actually, um, we are recording this on Monday evening and tomorrow, November the 14th is the deadline to add players to the 40 man roster who would be eligible for the rule five draft. Now, for those of you who, who aren't aware what the rule five draft is, is it basically pulls together a pool of prospects who have been to get who have been in a major league organization for X amount of years. So, like, we all know how Logan Porter took a while to get up to the to the show. He was Rule 5 draft eligible last year. That pool is something that opposing teams can pull players from and add them to their roster for an, you know a certain amount of time and things like that. Basically, it'll, it makes sure that teams can't just hoard good players for like 10 years and then deploy them on the major league level. You have to get him to the show eventually. And there are some very, very intriguing names that are in that pool, possibly for the Royals, but they have to avoid it tomorrow. Um, I definitely think a guy, Will Klein, he is rule five draft eligible if he is not on the 40 man roster by this time tomorrow. I, I would um, be I extremely surprised if they don't put him on the 40 man if he doesn't get picked. Exactly. Somebody's going to say and, we can stash a reliever in our bullpen. Yeah, exactly. But there are more there are more complicated cases such as Tyler Gentry, which I mean, he, he's not as complicated, but where does he play? You know, he is Kansas City's number eight overall prospect in the farm system, but he's an outfielder. Where where does he play? But they should add him. He is good enough. Um, Devin Mann, the guy, one of the guys, excuse me, that they got back in the Ryan Yarbrough trade from the Dodgers did great things as a utility player in in uh, the minor league season last year. Been doing it for a while in the Dodger system. Are they going to add him? There are quite a few. Actually, I'm excuse me. I am omitting a very very important person, Tyler Tolbert. Yeah, I was, who, I was like, sure, I thought Tyler was on there. 
Exactly. And like there's there's a good amount of players who like I I understand Tyler Tolbert probably isn't going to break camp with the Royals organization or with the Royals major league team, excuse me, if spring spring training started today. However, he does have elite enough tools in certain areas that a team will definitely pull him onto their roster and say, we'll just use him as a, as a fourth outfielder and a pinch runner. And yep. we got him for free. Yep. So there's, there's and, a lot I mean, going on there. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta look out for it. And sometimes guys show that they are ready. Um, we've obviously seen it with Joaquin Soria and Brad Keller. Um, but also like last year, the giants grabbed, I think it was, didn't it grab Blake Sable? Wasn't he a rule five pick? I think so. And, uh, you know, they were like, well, he'll just be the third catcher. And then their guys got hurt. No, Blake Sable is actually uh, pretty good. Pretty good for us. He's fine. We'll let him play. So, you know, um, and and, and it's like, well, if we lose him, they might give him back. If, you know, they run out of room. But there's also like if he gets hurt and who doesn't get hurt somehow. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, You just put him on the injured list and, and move on that way. So, uh, it's I I would be really like Will Klein and Tyler Tolbert are are guys that you absolutely have to add. I think Tyler Gentry's probably up there too, and yeah. we we've talked in the past that there are plenty of guys the Royals could let go of and not miss. Um, Josh Stamont and Josh Taylor off the top of my head, there's two. Right. Um, so hopefully the Royals get it together. And, and, you know, it'd be Hopefully nice if so. they could free up uh, a 40-man spot so they could actually pick someone in the Rule 5 draft, too. Because, again, there are no guarantees of anything, but you can have success that way. And better to be, if you're, when your farm system is as devoid of talent as the Royals' farm system is, like, it's ranked very low. Mm-hmm. You should be, these guys who are Rule 5 eligible on other teams are probably better than your guys. And I know under Dave right. Moore, they didn't want to, uh, our guys are our guys, right? But hopefully J.J. Piccolo going to be uh, a little more transactional, as they say. So. Um, and, and be like, you know what? Fine. Yeah, we need to improve. Let's go see if one of their guys can help. Exactly. And this is this royal system after the last wave of prospects graduated, very devoid of talent at like the AAA level. Um, there are some good bats and some great arms in, you know, just breaking into double A and high A, but they're they're a couple years away. So if if this Royals team needs some reinforcements, they uh they might want to look in the in the rule five draft. But like you yeah. said, they have to uh they have to free up some spots even to be a contender in the in the rule five draft so i i can't remember when the draft is is happening off the uh off the top of my head so i do apologize but the second important date that fans need to know about is this upcoming friday november 17th which is the deadline to tender players on the 40-man roster a contract for the 2024 season jeremy go ahead sorry uh it's december 6th is is when the rule five draft is gotcha thank you very much so the the non-tender deadline is is going to be very very interesting I think because there are several guys on this 40 man roster right now who are probably replaceable or you know it's they have a guy who they see more in. Um you talked about Josh Stalmont and Josh Taylor. Those are just a couple of guys. If the Royals add a guy like Tyler Tolbert to the 40 man, well, what does that mean for Samad Taylor? 
if you know Logan Porter. I I love him. He's but right now he's a third catcher on this uh on this forty man roster. Will they want to keep him or will they just hope for the best? I I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of interesting cases here, and I'm I'm not saying that there are guys. Or, I'm sorry, Jeremy, I had a thought and then I lost it. Were you going to say something? I hate when that happens. I know, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I the other thing about Lo- Logan Porter is MJ Melendez is still on this roster. So uh, yeah. one thing I'm curious about is do they, do they want him to catch ever again? If so, then Logan, uh, Logan Porter is even more expendable. Because Freddie Fermin looks like he's a guy. Salvador Perez is still here for now, at least. And if MJ can catch, there's just not a lot of reason to have Logan Porter around. Especially if you just are like, you are like the break in case of, break glass in case of emergency guy. Like you've still got plenty of, you can bring up anybody for that role. Because that right. you're in an emergency and you just, <laughs> that's what you do. Oh, but yeah, I'm sorry. Jared I'm Brockley's almost still here. here. Yeah, that he is. He is not on the 40 man. I want to, I want to clarify that yeah. all in all, there are several guys who posted negative war seasons for the Royals last year who are still on this 40 man roster. And I think that I understand, you know, Taylor Clark, he's a very, what's the word, very polarizing case of this, but there aren't as many players like him where you could say okay he has a great tool in this he just needs to retool that there are some guys who just stunk last year with no redeeming factors and so those are guys who are definitely non-tender candidates and will hopefully open the door for some rule five acquisitions free agency or trade acquisitions however it happens we just want the organization to get better can you agree with that jeremy i i think i can i think i could get behind that (laughs) Amen. So <laughs> I, I I want to say this now. We will be back on the podcast tomorrow night to react to any of the moves that are made because I'm expecting it's not going to be like earth shattering moves, but it'll probably be a group of about six transactions. I'm thinking. You think so. Well, I was just thinking, what if the Royals don't do anything? Oh my God. <laughs> and then we're like, all right, we're here to do our special early podcast for the, for the 40 man roster changes. And they did nothing. I will, I will let you know how that podcast goes because it will be very, very negative. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I understand that the Royals farm system is not amazing right now. But if they left their number eight prospect and number 25 prospect exposed, I'm sorry, and they're like number 26, Devin Mann is ranked in the top 30 as well. If they left multiple ranked prospects exposed to the rule five draft, that is a whole nother issue that, that we yeah. need to discuss. That is, so that will be worthy. Because of as we noted, respect. there are there are guys that they can drop off for the 40 men that they would not miss. And there are guys exactly. on the 40 man that they can probably drop off and and outright to AAA Omaha and, and be okay. Exactly. So definitely looking forward to seeing what moves that they make tomorrow. If you want to get the news right away, you can follow us on Twitter or on TikTok at Royal Rundown Pod. Also, go check out royalsreview.com. 
Max, Jeremy, and the team over there have been doing a great job keeping things up to date regarding the Kansas City Royals. Um, Jeremy, I don't, I don't want to keep us here here forever, but I just want to say kudos on your uh, on your piece over the weekend. I've, I very you. much enjoyed that read. I, I thought it was, it was very uh, like, you know what? Go ahead. What were you saying? What were you saying? Go ahead. I, I, I was just going to yeah. say it was a. Uh, it was really exciting to just have kind of two interests of mine collide like that uh, because obviously I, I work in the tech sector um, and I follow video games uh, at least as closely as I do baseball. Um, and I follow the industry, not just the games. So to have an opportunity to take some of what I've learned from following the tech industry and the video game industry and apply it to, baseball uh was just a really rewarding opportunity and i hope that um i was able to help people kind of understand where some of this stuff is coming from and what it means a little bit better Mm -hmm. yeah and i i think you put that forward very well and we we always talk about royals review in the community over there that just make it a very special site um your your comment sections are usually very Volatile, I think, yeah. is, is the word that I'm looking for. I can't um, imagine why that might be. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know why people they have a lot to say when I write articles. But I would definitely say go read Jeremy's article. It'll be linked in the podcast description. Go check that out. Join the comment section and post your thoughts. Jeremy, anything else before we move on? Uh, in fairness to me, even when I don't write about polarizing topics, I feel like I get everybody just coming <laughs> coming for me like yeah as far as i could tell like it's been pretty consistent uh across royals fandom i mean obviously there are some people who would not like to trade brady singer or who would like to trade bobby witt jr but when i wrote that article like trade Bo- trade brady keep bobby um a lot of people were were just coming after me for that one too so it's like I, I don't know. Something about me just draws uh, controversy. You are you are a uh, a bug lamp of controversy. You are you are the flame. <laughs> you are the flame to the Royals fandom mods. If you oh will. my gosh, I don't, I don't. I've never been compared to a bug zapper before. <laughs> I'm not sure I ever wanted to be. That's um, it's a new one. I, All right, I couldn't think of. It. I mean, I. <laughs> I cannot fault the analogy. I just oh my goodness! Now I'm a bug zapper. All right. <laughs> well, hey, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this stuff up before it falls off the rail rails too much more with some Royals review reviews. Jeremy, I uh, I did not prep you, but do you have a review for this evening? I do I have a couple? All so I'll, right, I'll save one for next time. Okay. Well, hey, go ahead and uh, give us your review, my man. All right, I don't uh, just to make sure I have not yet done Tomo Chan as a girl. I don't have think I done so. That one? Okay, Tomo Chan as a girl. It's a slice of life anime. It's very cute. It is about uh, a teenage high school girl named Tomo, um, who is a tomboy and like strong and and knows like uh, martial arts. So like she to the point that um, she's in the boys club for karate because she's too strong for any of the girls um, at, at school. And so she's 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 kind of a tomboy. She's all this stuff, but she's kind of got a crush on her neighbor 
who they've been friends with forever and he's a boy and she's worried that she doesn't see him as a girl or, or she's worried that he doesn't see her as a girl. Um, so, you know, just, just kind of slice of life, rom-com shenanigans, very cute. Um, I'm having a good time with it and, and it's, it's just kind of, it's kind of a nice bit of uh, escapism, I guess, where it's just like, let's not worry about politics. Let's not worry about, uh, good and evil or, uh, you know, uh, powering up or, you know, all this, these shenanigans, let's just a little low stakes, like, uh, and, and it, it becomes obvious very early on that they both like each other, but they're both afraid to say anything. So it's just like very low stakes, very, just like, let's have a good time. Let's hang out with some weirdos. Okay. All right. That, that does sound. Can you say the name again? Tomo-chan is a girl. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jeremy. I uh, I do apologize, but you're getting you're getting two plugs in review for the price of one today for me. So, okay. uh, first plug I want to do is adopt a minor leaguer. Please go check them out on X. So, what one of the things that they do is they put together a plaque commemorating a player's debut, and the most recent one that they put together was Logan Porter. Um, they just kind of crowdsource money and they put together a plaque delivered to the player and say, hey, this is so you never you have something to remember your debut by. Oh, and next up is, is 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 Tyler Cropley and the the Logan Porter one kind of went by fast after a while because Logan Porter had so many fans ahead of uh, ahead of his debut, things like that. I would I would very much if you have if you have the funds and a giving heart, please go donate to that for Tyler. That's a very important thing, in my opinion. Where, to where do we do this try again? and help? What'd you say? Where do we do this again? Um, it's under adopt a minor leaguer on adopt X. a minor leaguer. They have all the Yep, they have all the uh, all the link all excuse me, all the donation links and more information there. So please go check them out. Um, number two is friend of the podcast, David Lesky. Please go follow his Substack for some very good Royals breakdowns and analysis. Um, he does have a paid tier of his Substack now, which I believe is still on sale, and it is definitely worth the uh, the yearly chump change that he, uh, that he asks from you, so please go check it out. And then finally, my review is FX trying to play Marvel movies on cable. So... I just I just want to say this. It was very I was sitting down on Saturday. It was a long weekend. I stayed up here in Maryland, didn't go home. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit down and write. And I busted out like three stories. And I put on FX because they had I think it was like Avengers Age of Ultron on. I was like, okay. You know what? This is a good little background movie. I've seen this before. And I'm like, okay, I wonder what's next. Are they going to go in chronological order? They skipped to Avengers Endgame. And it was very jarring to go from like the second Avengers movie to like eight years later, I think, in the timeline (laughs) to Avengers Endgame. It was also really sad because if you've never seen Avengers Endgame, which I... It's it's been out for a while, so no spoiler alerts. It opens with Hawkeye's family like disappearing out of thin air, mm. and it's just very sad. So I wasn't mm. ready for that, Jeremy, and I didn't like them skipping mm. like six movies. 
I Could you imagine you. if they did that with Harry Potter? Oh boy. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I I watched Endgame in theaters. Um, that was the last Marvel movie I saw in theaters, actually. Really? Yeah, because uh, the pandemic came around shortly thereafter, oh, I believe. Um and I I'm not I don't have plans to ever ever rewatch that movie. I did not care for it. Um Ooh. but that scene when everybody finally comes back yeah. on your left, ah, mm-hmm. gives me chills every time. I know, right? I, I just go I look it up her. on sometimes I just go look it up on YouTube. I'm just like, let me watch that scene. I do that, I do it with that one, and I do it with uh with uh, what's his face? The the Thor Ragnarok. What are you, the god of hammers? And then he, <laughs> he, he go. They play, start playing foreigner, and boom, he's out there like ready to go, just striking lightning on people. Oh, it's a good time. I should that should be one of my off season projects. Is like top moments, top X moments in the MCU. I like that. I think uh, another off season podcast is going to be us talking about Loki, man, because it was. Ooh. Yeah, I know, right? But hey, that is uh, that is for a I love Loki time. season one. Loki season one is terrific. That was great, awesome. Season two though, not really. <laughs> All right, hey, b- b- before we start hitting mosquito tones over here, let's go ahead and get on out of here. You I'm can sorry. follow, you can follow Jeremy on X. Still, I believe. Um, at Hakaius, that is H-O-K-I-U-S. You can also follow me there at Jacob Milham KC. However, here's, here's another plug for you. I will say X is the is the brand losing, you know, 90% of its value while Threads just hit 100 million active monthly users. So uh, I might be making the migration. We'll I see. I can't do it. I know. I just got I know. All right. on Twitter from one of my favorite video game writers. I can't leave now. Aww. I know. Why not both? Both both is good. <laughs> but hey, because I can barely keep up with with Twitter. <sighs> True. Isn't that the truth? But hey, if you want a one stop shop for where we're actually going to interact with you, go check out the Spotify Q and A's and polls. We will be over there. We will read your responses to this episode's question on the eventually next someday probably I, jeremy it only took me two weeks to get to yours okay you're just mad because you responded to it <laughs> all right everyone let's go ahead and get on out of here we will talk to you tomorrow but as always thank you for the support and until next time go royals i'm just saying i'm just saying, I'm just saying.